Pishus Maradasra Pishus Rav Tversky Shalita the topic that I've been asked to address is indeed a difficult one the question mark at the end of the title is quite daunting in God we trust of course this brings to our mind the phrase in God we trust which paradoxically in this country is found on the currency you think about that in God we trust or perhaps the dollar or any other denomination we trust cast more conceptually from the perspective of our tradition we translate the word trust as bitachon and this time of the year it's particularly appropriate to address it as we say every morning and evening The word bitachon comes off our lips quite easily. The real question is A. Do we even know what bitachon means? And B. Are we in fact fulfilling this mitzvah bitachon? Properly. A verse which again we say on a regular basis is found towards the very end of Birchas Amazon and all of our Sidurim. Baruch Hagever, Asher Yifzach Bashem. Twice, Yiftach and Yiftach. Blessed is such an individual. We leave out the opposite verse, which is found in Navi Yirmiyaho, which we do recite once a year in Haftorah. I believe it's the Parshas Bahar. Perhaps the Chukosai. Chukosai. Two are in my mind a little cross wired. And someone who has Bitachon is compared by the Navi Yahu to a tree that will survive in all climates. Perhaps even somehow managing to survive Hurricane Ike or some other equivalent what does that mean? what is this metaphor? 
the rabbis have taught us based on this pasuk that we have to be very careful in terms of what efforts we expend and how much we rely upon the grace of the Rabbana Shalom Medrash tells us concerning the story of Yosef HaTzadik he was punished two additional years of incarceration for merely asking the, the butler to intercede on his behalf and the question is why so harsh a punishment remarkably the same Medrash compliments Yosef as being an individual who does fulfill the Baruch HaGever Asha Yiftach Vashem how does one reconcile the compliment that the Medrash gives Yosef with the punishment that Yosef receives as a result of his request that the butler interceded on his behalf I'd like to share two answers related but somewhat different that will form the theme of my talk this evening the first is an answer found in the Sefer Beis HaLevi Rav Yosef Dov Soloveitchik of, of Brisk he quotes the Medrash who is the individual and the same Medrash quoting the end of the Pesach in Tehillim which is parallel to the Pesach in Yermio he did not turn to other types of avenues for salvation Uzchartani v'hizkartani, two words Nitosvu lo shteishan One year extra in prison for each word uttered Yes, the Beis HaLevi It seems to be contradictory Are we complimenting Yosef? Or are we in fact criticizing him? The Beis HaLevi's answer is striking Each and every individual Has to balance bitochon is what he calls his shtadlus that's a classical conundrum where do we say we have to do something the shtadel to try to attempt and where do we say we should sit back and have the faith to be tough on the trust in Hashem and he quotes the famous Talmudic passage in Mesech the Brachos based on the verse we say again twice a day, this is every day you will gather in your grain and your, your, your wine and your oil Rabbi Shmuel says person is told to involve himself in an attempt to earn a livelihood <coughs> a person should be involved in all types of activities yes Torah yes mitzvot and yes Parnassah 
They are required to do what we can to earn a livelihood. However, how much must he work? Should a person be working every single moment? We heard from Rav Tversky Shalita about the need for some downtime, some relaxation. But you're probably aware of the fact that in America today, precisely at the upper echelons of the economic uh, scale, we find a dearth of downtime. I'm not discussing it from the perspective of learning Torah, of doing mitzvahs. I'm discussing the fact that so many of the individuals who are earning significant income are literally prisoners. And the prisoners, speak before by Yosef being a prisoner, they are prisoners to the new technologies. Used to be, some people would work long hours in the office. When they left the office, so they were free to do what they wished. They didn't have to report to work until the next day. Now, because of new technologies, two things have happened. Number one, everyone seems to be always accessible. And I mean always accessible. There are certain professions that demand that the individual carry a, an instrument which makes them accessible, whatever it may happen to be. I'm not going into all the details. One of them, which is uh, particularly uh, pervasive these days, the which I understand is called a Blackberry, which enables you to receive messages and to respond instantaneously from any corner of the globe. You just have to have it. Because if the company attempts to get in touch and there's no response, so that means you're not on the job. You have to always be on the job. And number two, speaking of the globe, now that in certain financial areas there's a global market, and whereas there used to be certain types of uh, times when the, the market was open, the market was closed, it seems to always be open. It's not open in Wall Street, it's open in Japan. And someone who's in that kind of a, a business has to be on top of things. Fortunately for us, the Shoma Shabbos community, we can call it 24-6 instead of 24-7. But that's still quite a, uh, a new development, and frankly, a dangerous development. It saps us of any opportunity for unfettered spiritual growth. And we should do whatever we can in our various professions to see to it whenever possible that we have time which is our own. Unfortunately, not having time of your own is a type of slavery. One need only look in the Sepharno and the Pasuk of Achodesh Azelachem Rosh Chodoshim Henceforth, you are no longer slaves, and your time is your own. Heretofore, your time was not your own. You were Paro's beck and call. Too many of us have modern-day Paro's, 
who as Paro originally said, Tichba let the workload be great. Valyushu Badivre Shoker, Paro meant it to prevent to prevent revolution. Today's Paros are not as mean spirited, they're simply interested in increased productivity. But it knows no bounds. A person may rightfully protest, it's true, I don't want this. I don't. But what can I do? I'd be willing to settle for perhaps some less income without this responsibility, but such jobs are, are simply not to be had. Frankly, I'm not an expert in the job market. But it seems to me that there must be some ways where efforts can be made to cut down the number of hours that a person is literally at work or on call even if it means a reduction in compensation this is something which must be done whatever your stage in life may be if you're raising children, young children you should not be an absentee father by being at work or on call all the time later in life you've established a family, perhaps the family is is grown, and no longer small children in the home that's a time when a person should be able to immerse himself to a greater extent in Torah and Mitzvah and Chesed individuals who cannot get out of this rut sometimes look forward to a retirement Oh, it's all worth it for my retirement, for my, for my golden years. This is a terrible mistake. The rabbis have said it very bluntly. Don't say when I will become free I will study Torah because maybe you will never become free. Due to illness or as we read today people can't afford to retire or whatever other reason. You have to live for today and, and every today should include within it as much time for Avodah Hashem as possible But you may say in the culture around me there is a fast track, a rat race Everyone is trying to earn more money and to advance at a greater speed in the corporate ladder Here, as Rav Tversky Shlita mentioned earlier in his context we have to stand up to the culture around us and say, no. No, that's not our culture. Yes, we believe in Parnassa. Yes, we believe in earning a livelihood. But, the limit. Yes, the limit may limit our income and our ability to, to spend wantonly. Okay. We have no obligation to be ostentatious to the contrary even if we have the bracha of Hashem and earn more money than we actually need we should try our best to hide our wealth this is a theme which the Kliyaka speaks about at the beginning of the Devarim Pnulachem Tzafona to try to hide and not to flaunt he points out it's literally dangerous to flaunt wealth especially in the presence of 
people who are not from, from our own because it leads to jealousy and anti-Semitism and worse therefore there has to be a limit the Rambam perhaps more than any other of his contemporaries or those who came before or after was insistent on earning a livelihood he was very much opposed to individuals who supported themselves by Torah activity and he insisted that you find time to earn a living as well as you find time to study Torah and he gave numbers most of us are afraid to give numbers, but he wasn't and I'm sad the person shouldn't be sitting in the cola all day long he has to learn you know sometimes I hear in the world of Shidduchim today do you want an earner learner or a learner earner? I'm not sure exactly what that means in today's world but the Rambam is quite clear the Rambam says a person really should go to work he should work three hours a day and study Torah nine hours a day this leaves 12 hours you have to sleep and daven and, and eat and some of that downtime to which Jeff refers he doesn't go into those 12 hours he does say he's supposed to sleep 8 hours I'm not sure how many of us are really doing that but here he has a 3 to 9 breakdown I've told my balabasa that I know it's really not right for me to take us on my own slim shoulders but for most of them I'll tell them in today's world I'm willing to settle and this is an incredible statement on my part but what can I do? I'm willing to settle given the fact that most people have to work from 9 to 5 and have to commute to work and back I'm willing to settle to flip it if they have to work including commute 9 hours a day and they learn by smother but really by smother with, with assiduousness 3 hours a day in a yeshiva and a base medrash you know, I can't speak for the Rambam, he wants it the other way around, but maybe from Shemayim, the Rambam looks down compassionately against those who are able to have this 3-9 instead of the 9-3. But how many of us can say that we are learning 3 hours a day? Some of us are very proud, and rightfully so, if we have a Shia for an hour a day, which is also a, a significant accomplishment, which in many circles that uh, we grew up with it didn't exist there's been a, a Torah revolution of sorts regular shiurim and on my own shul there's a small shul there are four different dafyomis and whatever it's convenient for a person whatever shiur they have it's wonderful it's really wonderful but none of the shiurim exceeds an hour and unfortunately many individuals that's their only learning uh, it's much better than before but there's more to be done Concludes the Beis Halevi, quote, Shira Ashtadlus Hamuteres Eino Shova Becholodom. Precisely because Yosef was such a great Balbitacha, about whom it is said, Ashira Gevesh Hasam Bashem Iftachos Yosef, precisely for this reason, he was punished two years of incarceration for two words. Had he been a lesser individual, then he'd be someone who would require a certain measure of ishtadlus, of natural attempts at salvation, and wouldn't have been held against him. But precisely because Yosef was on such a high level, it was considered sinful for him to be involved in this ishtadlus. 
remarkable answer. I'd like to share a somewhat different approach, which is found in the safer of a more recent Godot, the Chazon Ish, who has a small little safer which is called Emuno Bitacho. And he goes into greater length as to what exactly Bitacha means. And he says at the beginning of his chapter, Paragabes, which is all about Bitachon, and people think that Bitachon means that everything is going to be good. Everything will, be, will turn out well. A person who feels that way is a Baal Bitachon, and one who has doubts is not a Baal Bitachon. Says the Chazanish, nothing can be further from the truth simply not correct for typical individuals bitachon does not mean that whatsoever what does bitachon mean? bitachon means that whatever befalls us good or not so good is a direct result of God's providence of Ashkafa Paratus that's what it means there is no mikra ba'olam Nothing is happenstance. Nothing is coincidence. What happens to us as individuals is all a result of a divine plan. A person doesn't stub his toe or his finger without it being decreed from on high. Having such an approach, an approach of Bitaho, gives an individual a whole different look on life. The world we inhabit, generally speaking, when something goes wrong, the individual curses, many expletives are uttered by individuals when things are not going right, terrible complaints about one's fate. However, we believing Jews must take belief or emunah from the abstract yes you believe in God I believe that God is omniscient and omnipotent which means that he controls all events and move it from the realm of the abstract to the realm of the real as the Chassidish puts it so Beautifully, if emuna, if belief in God is the halacha, conceptual underpinning, bitachon is the master, is the way we respond when things befall us, both positive and negative. If good things happen, we shouldn't say, as we read recently in the Torah, kochi ve'osem yadi, osaliyas achayal azeh. Sure. I made a lot of money because of my wisdom, my strength, but rather, you should recognize that Hashem is the one who gives us the Koach Lassos Chayim. We may have certain talents and abilities, but these in turn come from the Rabbana Shalom. And He decreed that we should be successful with our God-given talents and prosper. And we should be aware of the fact that there may be others who are equally talented, 
and doing similar things who are not prospering because that is the decree of Hashem it's particularly appropriate we discuss it right now because the rabbis have taught us that an individual's balance sheet is declared on Rosh Hashanah it's only two weeks from Rosh Hashanah so part of our davening permissible, absolutely to ask Hashem for a better balance sheet this upcoming year there's nothing wrong with that of course whenever we ask for good things from Hashem we, we, do, we should be asking for it for good reasons we don't want more money to flaunt it or to keep it in the bank we want more money to be able to do good things with it whether it be for our own families for, for, for tzedakah purposes in any event this is something which gives us a way to respond to good times but it's exactly the same midah bitachon which enables us to cope with bad times im tokum alayim l'chamah bezos anibotech it's not a uh, an offensive war this is a defensive war tokum alayim l'chamah wars are considered to be very very challenging yadavad amalach says bezos anibotech if Hashem ordained that someone is going to war against me I have bitachon that the outcome of this war is in the Kaddish Baruch Hu's hands the story is told of the, the Briska Rav Rav Velvel Salavetschik the Chorona Levracha who was an Eretz Yisrael in Yerushalayim during the very very difficult period the war of independence 1948 Jerusalem was under siege and being bombarded by Arab legionnaires and the Briskorov when the shooting would begin and there was some kind of a siren would run helter skelter to find an appropriate shelter as as proper Hishtazis would ordain we're not on the level of some Gedolim in the more recent times during the, the Gulf War when everyone was told to go into sealed rooms and put on gas masks one of the famous Gedolim ignored everything and sat there in his Bismedrish as if nothing happened that was, he was on a very high level there were those who felt it wasn't appropriate for him to do it because others might learn mistakenly from him but the Gritzker was also on a very high level he ran to the shelter once he got to the shelter he was as serene as could be as if he was living in a total peace time nothing going on and he continued his, his learning with the same diligence and incredible focus and concentration as always and they asked him Briskarov we don't understand first you're running, running like you couldn't think about anything else but running and then you come to the place where you were told to go it was the safest place around you sit there with your Gemara, with your Rambam as if nothing happened and he explained when I was running I was fulfilling the mandate of Ishtadlus Rabbi Chaim, his father was, was used to say as, as it goes down in the tradition when one shoots when, when they're shooting you run away he ran away as far as he could run but once he 
reached that place, he introduced yet another Yiddish phrase, which in English goes, every bullet has its address. No one can be guaranteed a long life even in peacetime, and no one should be afraid of a shortened life in wartime once the appropriate Hishtadlis was made. Remarkable. In Takum Alayim Lachama Bezos Ani Remarkable. It is known as the Nidus HaHishtadlis. One could be calm and serene in all circumstances. There's another story in the same illustrious family which had to do with the previous war, World War II. These are stories that I've heard. I cannot vouch for their authenticity or veracity, but uh, they are presumably accurate. That when the Briskarov was running away from the Nazis at a particular juncture, there was a certain Misoro, which perhaps goes back to Chaim of Elijah, the father of the, fa- of the dynasty of the family, when a person is in a difficult situation, he should focus completely on three words. Ein od muvado. There is nothing else in the world but Hashem. And this focus will be of help. And that's how the story goes, that they were in a difficult pass into a difficult, dangerous territory, and they focused the Rav and his children. Ein od muvado. And they were spared. And after they got to a point which they thought was safe, and they, they let their guard down, all of a sudden the things got a little bit dangerous, because they didn't realize that you have to always think up to a point, These stories, whether they're precise or, or somewhat exaggerated, that's not the point. The point is that we have to recognize, even when much more important decisions are being made on high, not how much money we have, but whether we live or die, and after all, in the upcoming Yemei Adin, we begin with long before we get to These are decisions which are being made by the Rabboni Shalom. And yes, we have to have Ishtadlus. The Ramban writes of individuals who are on such a high level that they need not go to a doctor. That's not for us. The same as it's not for us to ignore the orders of the governmental authorities to seek shelter in wartime. It's not for us to ignore the recommendations of today's medical profession. We must have appropriate ishtadlis, whatever that means. But after the ishtadlis, we've done all we can. We should not be beset with constant fright. What if I have this illness, I'll get that disease. We did what we can. We try to remain healthy to the best of our ability. We have to have bitachon and HaKadosh Baruch. So again, bitachon does not mean everything is going to be good from our perspective. Bitachon means everything that happens, happens as a result of HaKadosh Baruch's divine providence. Let me tell you a story of someone whom, whom I know personally. His name is Rav Nissen Alpert. Rav Alfred unfortunately was stricken with a, with a terrible cancer which took his life and I, I visited him a, a number of times 
literally with Sophie Yomov in 1986 in the hospital in NYU and it's getting weaker and weaker and one of the main Balabatim in the shul in, in uh, the uh, Farakaway area told me he visited Rav Alpha a day or two before his petira and he could hardly talk and this individual whose name was Shimon that was his first name said to, to the Rosh Hashiva he saw what, what, what a terrible state it was what can we do? he responded as follows I heard it from the individual who heard it from Rav Alpin Bitochan Rav Shimon Bitochan Rav Shimon Bitochan that was his response now, do you think the Rav Alpha Zechat Sadlivacha didn't know what was going on? Didn't know he was in his last, literally the last days of his life? Of course he knew! But he was telling us a lesson for all ages that Vitachon means whatever happens to me is a result of divine providence. And if Hashem declares that I'll be taken from this world at a premature age, we have to declare it as such. We believe in it. Even individuals going to premature death can be Mekadashem Shemayim when they say Animamin. Not just Animamin in some abstraction, Amuna, but Vitochon. That we believe that what's happening in a particular circumstance is God's decree. And there were so many who were thus Mekadashem Shemayim during the Holocaust. When they said Ani Mamin Mashiach, yes, that was just, that was what they sang. But they were also referring to the earlier Ani Mamin. So whatever happens in the world is a result of a Kodesh Baruch Hu's decree. We understand it or don't understand it. This is Bitochum. One who says this and pays lip service to it is not necessarily believing it. And the Chazanish complains bitterly about individuals who claim to be Balei Bitochon that's in the good times. Which is also a high madrega. So many of us, when good times, attribute our success to ourselves. But there are those who are willing to attribute their success to the Rabbana Shalom. When they come upon hard times, all of a sudden everything changes. He gives a particular example. A man has a store and the store is flourishing and he has financial success oh, thanks God every day for his great success then someone attempts to open a competing store a competing store all of a sudden the man goes crazy and does all kinds of we'll call it his shadows psula of illicit attempts to put the other fellow out of business we're discussing a case where it's now within his halachic right to protest the opening of the other store. What happened to his bitachon? Chazish calls it a very stark phrase. Bitachon mezuyah. Forged bitachon. In God we trust? Question mark, exclamation point. When the dollars are rolling in, it was in God we trust. Now there's a slight problem. All of a sudden, where's this trust in God? Don't you understand that if God wills it, you'll be just as wealthy and even more so with a store down the block? And if He does not, you can lose your business with no stores down the block? This is not to say that we shouldn't attempt at earning a livelihood. 
If in, those, in the olden years it meant having a prosperous farm, and today it means going to school and earning an appropriate degree, okay, whatever it means in any generation. But you should know that in all professions, with all degrees, as the rabbis have already told us, there are those who are wealthy and those who are not so wealthy. And that ultimate decision is made by the Rabbana Shalom. And our recognition of this is part of the Bitochon. We say a whole month of Elul so we can come at Rosh Hashanah and Davan to Kodesh Baruch And we say on every individual and on every nation. Who will become impoverished and who will be prosperous? It's a decision which we believe is made on high. And if in God we trust, exclamation point, not question mark, we, we dive with even greater intensity on Rosh Hashanah. Because you know, that's when the decision is being made. And I should add, that if indeed we have the proper trust in Hashem, it goes without saying that any illegal or shady dealings are simply out of the question. As the Bali Musa have told us, these dealings are nothing less than kfira. They are denial of God. As if, because we all know God is not going to tell us to want us to do something of this type. So in effect saying, well God granted me X thousand dollars, and with this shady deal, I'll make X plus. That's clear. Because if God wishes it, He could have given you the X plus without this deal. And if He doesn't, with the deal you also won't get the X plus. But even those of us, and I hope that includes everybody in the room, who are staying away from illegalities, we're earning an honest living, we still have to be mindful constantly of the fact that our trust in God should enable us to spend more time in mitzvahs and mass and tovim and less time in what we call hishtavah and we balance work and other mitzvahs so we have two critical lessons one, that of the Beis HaLevi that we cannot give the same balance for everybody we should try to, ri- to rise to a higher level even as by doing so we are held to a higher standard we should try to become an Ashriya Geber and number two to learn from the, the Chazonish that Bitochon means that whatever happens to us in life is the result of a Kaddish Baruch decree and therefore if we take more time out to study Torah, to do mitzvahs, to do chesed even though at first glance we will have X dollars less in our net worth so number one, it's appropriate to make that choice. And number two, one never knows whether by doing more mitzvahs and more chesed, learning more Torah, what the effect is on our, our words. We heard before from the Marad Asher Shalita about Aser B'Shul Shatis Asher. Does that make sense economically? Give away 10% of your income and you become wealthier? doesn't sound right to me 
in America it's not well known the concept of tithing is not a, an, an American phenomenon one reads about some of the individuals who have to disclose their their, uh, their income tax forms and you're amazed how little charity has been given by people who have so much just my battle Stalker and chesed is ingrained in, in, in who we are but if we do it, it's, a, it's another form of, of emunah and bitachem. And we're allowed, this is the one case we're allowed, we're allowed to ask Hashem to you know, reward our charity with greater financial success. A remarkable exception to the rule. These are some of the manifestations of bitachem of in God we trust exclamation point it's critical that all of us aspire to this level to go back to the paradigm of Yosef how does the Chazanish understand it not the same way as the Beit HaLevi but rather as follows It was an inappropriate Hishtadus. Not so much because he was such a high level that he should do nothing, as the Beit implies. But rather because the form that he chose was inappropriate. Why? Why? Relying on the Sarah Mashkin? We know these individuals, they're not going to remember, they're going to pay us back a favor and therefore quote this master is only coming mitok yush if you give up hope then you do every crazy thing which makes no sense this is considered to be zriyas ovak al zohar ha'amunavabitokha poetic phrase you're throwing dust on the shine of belief and of trust. And therefore he also was punished on his Madrega. This is true for all of the specific challenges that we face. Comes a point when trying to make even more money and more money, uh, it just makes, makes no sense. And if we do it, we are guilty of a similar of similar inappropriate activity sometimes protecting ourselves from the demons whatever they may be goes beyond as the Briskarev said once you try to protect yourself it's enough it's true and here it's the hardest to say but it's true in the world of health as well we are required to do what we can to keep ourselves healthy and if Khalilah, there's an illness, we require to do whatever we can to regain we, 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 we our health. But even there, doing things which are beyond what is appropriate can be considered the wrong thing to do in health and coming out of Yush in illness. One must seek counsel from, from the wise who are able to balance spirituality 
with the fear that besets so many people whether for financial ruin or, or bad health or illness or insecurity not easy no one said this is an easy challenge but we have clarified somewhat what Bitochon is what does it mean to trust in God and how important it is not merely to pay lip service to this trust but to really feel it both in good times we attempted to attribute our success to our own acumen or strength and even more importantly in not so good times and I believe the way to prepare ourselves is not to wait for major events in either extreme but even in day to day events something could happen to you and on any given day there are good things and not so good things something could happen to you right away you should chalk it up to Rabbanu Shalom's kindness if something bad happens it doesn't have to be a total catastrophe, a calamity you should recognize it comes from Hashem I must confess that I have to work on myself whenever I'm invited to say a few words I really use it as an opportunity to work on myself and I'll give you one weakness that I have I'm still working on it and I'm a little bit impatient as some of us, some of us are as well I'm impatient busy schedule going from place to place and sometimes just to give one small example you run into traffic traffic I have to apologize I was a few minutes late because it took me in Washington Heights to get from the yeshiva you know the geography which is uh, called 187th street and, and Amsterdam Avenue till I was able to make the turn on 180th street about 10 minutes perhaps even more a wild scene which sometimes we find in Washington Heights I'm saying to myself, I want to come on time, I want to hear Aptorsky's beginning and, I, and why is this happening to me? And I said to myself, calm down This traffic jam is for me It was put here as a test for me How am I going to respond? The old way? Or the new and better way? Which is, okay, this is what I'm supposed to go through I, I, I didn't do anything wrong, I just, I'm just driving a car Okay <coughs> We're working on it. We all have to work on ourselves, and we all have we all have weaknesses. Everyone has his or her own weakness. We should we should identify them and try to rise above them in small areas. When larger challenges loom, and when greater benefits accrue to us, it's even more important to rise to the occasion. It's my feeling. As we are saying twice a day, we should number one know what the words mean, what is true bitachon, and then knowing what it means, internalize it and act upon it. So that when we come to the Yemei Hadin, Havoy Malena Latova, Hakadosh Baruch will see that we have made strides to get closer to being Boschem Hashem and He will then bless us as He promises us Baruch HaGever Asher Yiftach Hashem V'ahoyah Hashem Eftachau Amen V'amen